Thanks, Andy. Good evening, everyone. Uh, great to have you with us. Well, the wait is over. Uh, my kids have been counting down the days, counting down the nights. Uh, they've decorated the tree, they've wrapped the presents, uh, they've sprinkled the special magic reindeer food on the path outside the house. Uh, for those of you who don't know about special magic reindeer food, it's actually rolled oats mixed with glitter. <laughs> the glitter to guide the reindeers in to the house. Uh, and actually, when my daughter Emily brought it home uh, from school uh, and showed it to me, she said to me, gee, I really hope Grandpa doesn't eat it. <laughs> I said, honey... Why would Grandpa eat magic reindeer food? Well, he loves porridge. <laughs> Glittery porridge. Hmm. There's a thought, perhaps a marketing opportunity. Anyway, now fingers crossed, uh, they are sound asleep in bed, dreaming sweet dreams of Christmas morning. The wait is over. It's hard for us adults to recapture that same sense of longing and waiting and the feelings of rapture when something finally arrives. Although occasionally in life, that sort of experience does come to us. Some of you had that experience this year. On the 1st of October, a 62-year wait ended as the Western Bulldogs claimed the <laughs> AFL Premiership. Years of heartache tear-filled, narrow losses, financial hardship, tireless support and commitment resolved in a crescendo of joy and celebration as the final siren sounded. The wait is over. Do you remember some of the emotions that you felt on that occasion? Uh, for many people, it was a religious experience. Uh, and even non-Bulldogs supporters kind of get it and understand it. Not us Swan supporters, we were just annoyed. But for others, there was a groundswell of support for the doggies, willing them over the line because they've had to wait so long. The wait is over. Actually, 2016 has been the year for ending long-term sporting droughts. Uh, the Cronulla Sharks won their first rugby league premiership after waiting 50 years to do it. And, if you thought that was bad, the Chicago Cubs won the Major League Baseball Championship after a wait of 108 years, last winning it in 1908. They were a team who thought they were cursed, that they would never win again, and finally, finally, the victory came. The wait is over. Well, 2,000 years ago, the world sat quietly and waited. Something was about to happen. God was about to enter the world to come in and help people, to rescue them, just as he had promised that he would do. Here's how the Jesus Storybook Bible, a Bible that I read with my kid, picks up the story. How would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down, seas, would have roared, trees would have clapped their hands, but the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in. 
And when no one was looking, in the darkness, he came. The wait is over. God had finally come to save his people, although you wouldn't know it to look at him. A scrawny baby in a dirty manger. It's hardly the sort of royal entry you would expect when God comes to live amongst people. And yet, as we sang in the first carol that we sang tonight, O Little Town of Bethlehem, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in you tonight. As this baby enters the world, the longing of centuries, the hope of centuries, the fears that have festered are gathered together. The wait is over. Our Bible reading tonight, which Andy brought us, was a prophecy made by a guy called Isaiah some 800 years before Jesus. It was written in hope. It was written with longing that one day a child would be born into the world to bring hope in the midst of despair. Isaiah speaks of the harsh realities of his world, which reflect the harsh realities of our own world. He speaks of war and violence. He speaks of soldiers, boots and clothing covered in blood and he says, I long for the day that they're thrown in a fire and they're burnt. He speaks of a world filled with darkness, a metaphor for sin and for evil, which we experience all around us in our world and if we're honest, we recognise some of which lies in our own hearts and our own lives as well. And yet Isaiah looks forward into the future. He doesn't know when it's going to happen, but he longs for the day when it's going to change, when a light will pierce the darkness, when a child will be born who will rule with justice and righteousness, a child who will be wise in all of his decisions, a wonderful counsellor, a child who will end violence and division, a prince of peace, a child who will be... God himself in human flesh come to live a human life. Mighty God, everlasting Father. Oh, for that day, Isaiah cries out, when this child comes. And on that Christmas day, 2,000 years ago, he came. The wait is over. Really? Really, you might say? It sure doesn't feel like it. There's still sin, there's still evil in the world, there's still violence, there's still war, there's still bloodshed. Where's the justice? Where's the righteousness? I'm still waiting. The wait is not over. That's true. We are still waiting. We're waiting for everything that God has promised to be fulfilled. We're still waiting for the total completion of God's plan. God's initial invasion of the world in Jesus came peacefully and quietly. It goes undetected, it goes unacknowledged by many people who continue to ignore the reality of Jesus, to ignore God's will, to perpetrate violence and evil, who fail to love and to live the way that God intended us to live. 
And in this world, we know we experience pain and sorrow, sickness and loss, frustration and longing. There is a real sense in which we are still waiting because we're waiting for Jesus to come back and to finish what he started. But it has started. With the birth of this child in Bethlehem, with his life which shows us a radical new way to live and to love God and to relate to people, with his death on the cross to deal with our sin, to deal with our failure and bring us back into relationship with God, with his resurrection from the dead, signalling the end of death, tears and sorrow. All the work has been done, the result is guaranteed, but we still have to wait a bit longer for it to be totally completed. Think of it like this. With four minutes to go in the grand final, Liam Picken kicked a goal to give the Bulldogs a 21-point lead. There was no way at that point that the Swans were going to come back from that deficit. Were the Bulldogs the premiers yet? No. There were still four minutes to play. There were still four minutes to wait. But the result was guaranteed and the celebrations would follow. There was still some waiting to do and yet the wait was over. You know, we spend a lot of our lives waiting. We spend a lot of our lives thinking that things will be better when. It'll be better when I finish school. It'll be better when I find my true love. It'll be better when I get a job. It'll be better when I retire. It'll be better when... We're always waiting. We're waiting for the next thing and when the next thing comes, it never quite does what we'd hoped it would do. And the trouble is that none of those things are big enough to satisfy the deep longings that lie within us. We need something bigger. We need someone bigger. We need the one that we were designed to know and to relate to. We need God himself. And the message of Christmas is you can have him. You can have him because he has come to be with us. He has come in the person of Jesus Christ. The wait is over. If you want to experience the fullness of what the human life was meant to be, if you want to live out a radical new way of living and relating to people, if you want to know the living God personally and to have his direction in your life, you can. The wait is over. What are you waiting for? 400 years ago, a Christian writer penned these words. Even if Christ had been born a thousand times in Bethlehem, it would avail you nothing unless Jesus is born in your heart. He's saying, Jesus could be born as a, ba as a baby in Bethlehem every single year over and over again. You could come to church and you could sing carols about it every single year. 
But if you don't invite Jesus into your life personally, then the reality of his birth will do you absolutely no good. Maybe this Christmas is the year that you say yes to Jesus and invite him in. The wait is over. Why wait any longer?